Well, of course, one of the offseason headlines for the Nashville Predators has been the addition of Nino Niederreiter. But what exactly are the Preds getting in their new forward? For that, we'll talk to Jared Ellis from Locked On Hurricanes, a guy who's watched a lot in Nino in the past couple of seasons. He's going to tell us whether Niederreiter really does fit in well with that second line, whether he can become a 30-goal scorer for the Preds and what he needs to do in order to get there and an outside perspective on how close the Preds are to contending for a cup. That's coming up today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com. Normally, I have a partner in crime, but Anne is off this week. Uh, so instead, we have a little bit of a crossover planned. Uh, Nino Nina Ryder, of course, coming to the Nashville Predators last week. So we went out to Jared Ellis, who's the host of Locked On Hurricanes. We got his thoughts on Nino's fit with the Predators, uh, whether he fits in well with the Predators' second line, his style of play, and how that fits in with the Preds and what they want to do, and whether he thinks Nino Niederreiter can potentially become a 30-goal scorer. That's an interesting topic. We get into it with Jared Ellis. So without further ado, here is our crossover with Locked on Hurricanes. Well, of course, one of the big headlines for the Predators has been the addition of Nino Niederreiter. And to give us some insight on the Preds' new player, we have a guy who watched him for the last couple of years, Jared Ellis from Locked on Hurricanes. Jared, how's it going, man? It's going great today. Like I was saying uh, before we started recording, was able to get back in the gym today after a couple months out. So I'm feeling great today. Yeah, it's good to have you. My dog in the background is apparently very happy in that as well as you just hear him chime in. Um, he's equally as happy about Nino Niederreiter coming to the Nashville Predators, of course, a two-year deal worth $4 million a year. Give us the skinny, man. Like, you've seen Nino the past couple of years. What kind of player are the Preds getting? So you are getting an absolutely fantastic player. He's was a real pillar of the Hurricanes offense uh, there on that second and third line where he would typically slot in at. He really provided some much needed, not necessarily depth scoring because, you know, he wasn't necessarily a depth guy. He was a big name for us, uh, but always providing offense, you know, when we needed it, there was a few times over the past few years where, you know, your top guys like Sebastian Ajo, Tavo Teravine, and Andre Sveshkov when, you know, they were struggling offensively. And Nino was stepping up and really carrying the offense, especially uh, back at the end of last year, whenever we had a bunch of guys out with COVID, he was absolutely carrying us. And he is a phenomenal player. Uh, it's absolute steal of a contract for you guys. We had some cap issues, so we couldn't do that contract. But an absolute steal for you guys. It's still crazy that we acquired him in a one-for-one -one deal with Minnesota by sending them Victor Rask. Victor Rask. My guy. Like There was a trade I think a lot of uh, Wild fans are looking back on still to this day going, dear God, man, dear God. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the, that's the thing I noticed about Nino Niederreiter. Obviously, we played each other, uh, you know, a couple of seasons ago in the postseason. Predators fans had a pretty good look at him. I mean, he seems to kind of fit the Predators identity, you know, where it's just like this, this strong 200-foot game, aggressive mm-hmm. forechecking, kind of relentless, suffocating pressure at all times. And that was the thing I remember about watching Nino Niederreiter is I was watching him and be like, you know what? He plays exactly like the kind of way you want the Nashville Predators to play. And it, it seems like that's translating a lot over where it's, you know, he, he played this big style over in Carolina that fits in so perfectly well with the Nashville Predators. Yeah, it, that's exactly how the Hurricanes play. They play a really strong and fast 200-foot game. They are constantly you know, pressuring you and right on top of you. I mean, you look at their head coach, a two-time Selkie winner for a yeah. reason. Yeah, they, they're a really strong defensive team and, you know, fit that bill perfectly whenever he was here. So, he, like I said, you know, he was a pillar of our team. And with you guys playing a similar style, I think that's really going to translate well for you guys. And he's a guy that's been in the league for a long time as well. So he's also going to be able to provide some veteran leadership for you guys as well, because I know you guys, which we'll talk about later, you know, have done uh, quite a bit of retooling over the past couple of years. So that'll be something that fits in well for you guys, especially you know, here in Raleigh. Yeah, he was played under Justin Williams, Jordan Stahl, coaches being Rod Brindamore and Tim Gleason. Yeah, he was able to learn from a lot of good leaders. So he's also going to be able to provide some off ice stuff for you guys as well. Yeah. I think that's something the predators could absolutely use in their room too, because they have a lot of good character guys. Uh, of course, Nina Ryder is really good friends with Roman Yossi. And there is uh, uh, you heard the story where Nino Nina Ryder said he woke up uh, the day of his contract and thought he was going to go to the, uh, the Anaheim ducks. Like they, they had the best offer on the table. And he said, Roman Yossi, like, I think texted him in the middle of the night and was like, Hey man, what's it going to take for you to come here? Um, and, and then just a few hours later, Nino had signed a contract with Nashville after talking to Roman Yossi. So I think that kind of gives you an idea of the player that Nina Ryder is that the predators would go all out in recruiting him like that. I mean, that's, you know, you, you hear a lot of players like kind of stay out of it, like let the agents do what they need to do, do the business end, all that good stuff. But, you know, here's, here's the Nashville Predators going all out and trying to bring Nino in. I think that says a lot about the care, the character he has and the type of player he is. Yeah. He is a phenomenal character guy. He's a phenomenal player, phenomenal, excuse me, player. Uh, I was trying to find the a clip from one of the post-game press conferences uh, from back in, I think it was February, is after a pretty ugly loss. Uh, and I couldn't find it, you know, because it was so far back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he's, he flat out said that there's no excuses, you know, that they did not play that they're the way they should have. And, you know, mistakes that were being made, penalties that were being taken. He's a guy that will hold guys accountable. He's not afraid to speak up. Yeah, there's so many guys, you know, not just in the NHL, you know, sports in general, that they'll just kind of sit back, do their thing and, you know, not really speak up when guys are messing up out there on the field or the ice or court or whatever. Nino is not one of those guys. 
he's going to hold guys accountable. And so if you got, you say Matt Duchesne or whatever takes a really ugly penalty and it costs you guys a game, he's going to call him out for it. You know, he's not just going to sit back and, you know, let things ride. He's not that kind of player. And he holds himself accountable as well. He's a guy that, you know, if he didn't play a good game, he's going to admit to the fact that he didn't play a good game. He's not going to make excuses for anything. I think that speaks a lot to his character and how the hurricane system, you know, really kind of developed him as a player as well. You know, with, they are a team that holds guys accountable uh, for what they do on the ice. And he provides a lot. I remember, Oh, it was training camp 2019. Uh, you know, we talk about how good of a character he is. He's also a really good ambassador for your organization uh, when it comes to fans. Um, Cause training camp back in 2019, I remember, you know, around back, you know, when players be coming out uh, after practice and, you know, all that stuff, he came out and he was talking to his, I think then girlfriend, fiance uh, or whatever. He literally hung up the phone and started talking, taking pictures, signing autographs, all that stuff with all the fans. He took time with every single person, did not make anyone feel rushed. It wasn't, you know, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? No, he took his time with every single person. So he's also a very good ambassador for your organization. Hopefully he didn't have to do the, uh, the conversation when he got home. Why did you hang up on me? Uh, uh, there's that a, wasn't part of that. No, I remember him saying that, you know, hey, you know, I'll call you back. Yeah, there's yeah. folks here that want to talk. So I, I do remember that. But, yeah, he's a really good ambassador for your organization as well. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about Nino Niederreier's hockey fit with the Predators in just a second and just how well he does fit in with that Predators second line. But first, I want to mention today's show is brought to you by betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every single league from Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, WNBA, MLS, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline also continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, podcasts, prop bets, everything like that. They have you covered. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, let's talk about the hockey fit uh, for a little bit for Nino Niederreiter. It seems like barring any other big move for the Nashville Predators, which, you know, we can talk about that a little bit later. Uh, it seems like he's going to be slotted in as kind of the go-to second line winger for the Nashville Predators. Uh, now we know he, he's got a little bit of a scoring pop, 24 goals last year. Um, but it's interesting that some of the comments that Preds fans have given is that, you know, we're still not sold on him being kind of that go-to secondary scoring line winger. What are your thoughts as somebody who's, who's been able to watch him? So I do think he has that potential. Uh, for you guys, I really, really do here in Raleigh uh, past season. You know, he was on the third line most of the time with Jordan Stahl and Jesper Foss. That was our best line by far all season long yeah. uh, with the Hurricanes. You know, 
you know, it says first, second, third, fourth. It's very fluid here. Rod Brindamore is never, you know, dead set on this is the first line. This is the second line. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, yeah, if third line is the best line, they're going to get the most minutes. And yeah, if the fourth line is the best line, they're getting the most minutes out there. So he really has that potential. But yeah, I think yeah, giving that opportunity on the second line of taking on a bigger role, you know, top six is a bigger role than middle or bottom six. So I think he really has that potential. And I think he can take it to that next level of being a 30 plus goal scorer for you guys. I really think it's there. And again, y'all system is similar to ours. So I think it can happen. It's just going to be one of those things of it's one thing to talk about it right now, but we've got to wait for the season to get here to see if he's able to follow through with that. But I do definitely think it can be done for sure, because he's been on the up the past couple of seasons. Uh, that year we had in the bubble, the 1920 season, he had a bit of a down year that year. Uh, I believe he was coming off an injury then. So he's been back up. So I think he can really do it. He's, he, he's got momentum on his side. Yeah. How much of that do you think depends on who he's with? You know, obviously it, it sounds like he's going to be either with Ryan Johansson or Mikhail Granlund, two very capable playmaking centers. Um, but, you know, if he's not, like maybe they shuffle him around a little bit or shuffle lines. Is he somebody that can kind of create his own stuff or is his stats really going to depend on a playmaker playing with him? I think it'll be a bit of a post. He definitely can We were down like half of our roster. We were playing with half of an AHL team, and he was carrying that offense, and he was creating his own stuff. So he absolutely can do that. But putting him with a really good playmaker, that's just going to take it to the next level for him of get him getting him over that 30-goal hump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think it would really just be a combination of both, honestly. It's it's kind of an interesting transition for the Hurricanes too, because you lose Niederreiter, you lose Trocheck, but you bring in uh, like Brent Burns and, and a couple other interesting guys. Uh, is it just kind of seems to be like a uh, an interesting off season for the Hurricanes over there? Yeah, it, it does seem to be an interesting off season for sure. This last off season we had a lot of turnover. This season again, a lot of turnover. So it's going to be interesting to see how things go. Again, you mentioned Brent Burns. He, yeah, is 37 years old. Uh, but, and that was something that really worried me at first. But then talking with JD from Locked On Sharks, you know, telling me just how good he takes care of himself. He, he's already in Raleigh working out with the team. And it's yeah. July 25th. And he was here last week doing that. So that does make me feel good there. He had like 52, 54 points on a really bad San Jose team last year. And this year he'll likely be paired up with Jacob Slavin on that first pairing. So he can really step back when in terms of the defensive side of things and really focused on what he does best on the offensive side. So that'll be really, really good for him. We also brought in Max Pacioretty from Vegas, which we got for virtually nothing, which is still mind blowing. Uh, I imagine he's probably going to slot in kind of where Nino did. Uh, well, not necessarily where Nino did. I think he's more going to be more of where Trocek was on the second line. Uh, 
And then some other guys like Lane Pedersen, Dylan Coglin. So we brought in some guys. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out. I was just talking with Sarah, the old host from Locked On Kings and Locked On NHL, who also covers the Chicago Wolves, about guys there that could potentially be making the jump up. And definitely a few guys that to look out for there. And obviously we still got a lot of offseason left, so there's no telling what other kinds of moves that'll be made. Jake Gardner's contract has been one that we've been looking at potentially getting rid of because it's $4 million cap. If that wasn't there, we aren't, we probably aren't having this conversation right here. All right. Well, in just a second, Jared and I are going to talk about where this signing puts the predators in terms of contention for a cup. Does this get them closer to where they need to be? And we also have a few thoughts on a potential rivalry between the Predators and Hurricanes. You'll want to pay attention to that. But first, want to remind you about Friday's show. Uh, barring any big breaking news, we are going to be doing a special look at the top five best and top five worst free agent signings in Nashville Predators history. Yep, it is a, a big topic of conversation that's come up here lately. Who are some of the big swings that David Boyle made contact with? And who are the big swings that flum out in spectacular fashion? So just a reminder, that is coming up on Friday's show, barring any weird, spectacular breaking news. And it kind of seems like the Nashville Predators have kind of been bouncing around that spot. Uh, when you look at the stats, uh, no team other than the Pittsburgh Penguins has had more playoff appearances since the first lockout than the Nashville Predators. And yet, whenever you think about them, they're always kind of in like the spot where people are like, yeah, you know, they're they're there. But do we see them winning? No. Uh, and then, you know, all it takes is maybe one or two extra pieces, uh, some youth coming up to really recycle everything and kind of give them a new lease on life going forward and reopening that cap window a little bit. And it seems like the Hurricanes are right there. So uh, who knows? Like maybe. Uh, Maybe we'll see like an all Southern Stanley cup final coming up here a little bit. That would be absolutely fantastic uh, to see that, you know, just two Southern market teams going back and forth in the Stanley cup. Even if you know, it wasn't, you know, the hurricanes and the predators, it would still be absolutely phenomenal to see that make the hockey elitist mad. Yes, for sure. Uh, and imagine the barbecue bets that would go on during that uh, that Stanley Cup final. You have like the the Tennessee Memphis style barbecue versus the uh, the Carolina mustard vinegar, all that good stuff. You'd uh, lose. No, I don't know about that. I think oh, that you, was, you'd absolutely lose that bet. That was the I think the biggest fights online during our playoff series like last year was whenever anybody brought out the barbecue like that was like the one thing that caused the most fights on twitter was when somebody brought up tennessee versus carolina barbecue nah i mean you're better than st louis yeah do they have barbecue or do they just like take whatever they, they have out of the... they have their stuff but it's it it's there. They're yeah. really the only two like competitions. It's going to be between us and Dallas. It's yeah. going to be it. You yeah. can try, but like, you're not. Gonna. Yeah. Let, let's hope Kansas <laughs> city doesn't get an NHL team. And I think we're good. I think we're set. Yeah. That, 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 that would be a fight. 
that would yeah. be a fight. <laughs> that would be a fight. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Nashville Predators, of course, have had an interesting offseason, too. I know some of your your listeners had some questions about what the Preds are doing. So, yeah, uh, so you already, yeah, you already touched on it a little bit. But uh, realistically, where do you see Nino Niederreiter fitting in in the lineup come opening night for you guys? Well, I, I do think he's probably what the Preds are looking for in terms of their second line winger. I mean, you look at last season's second line and it was just abysmal. Now, obviously, like they're not going to score as much as your your top line, but yeah. it was at the point where, you know, either Johansson or Granlund, whoever that number two center was, would make a great play give it to either Luke Cunnan or Ellie Tolvanen, who are second line wingers last year. And it would just die on their stick. Like it, it, mm-hmm. was, it was that bad where just the play would die on their stick. So when you look at Nino Niederreiter, who is a guy that seems to be really good at kind of getting those garbage goals, like, you know, kind of get in tight, get into the tough places mm-hmm. and really kind of capitalize on, you know, a really good playmaker making some plays. He seems like the perfect counterpoint to that line. Um, and I would see him maybe slotting in right there as the number two center, or I'm sorry, the number two winger. And it'd be interesting to see who is on the other end. You know, they could go back to Ellie Tolvanen, who's a little bit more of a 200-foot guy. Honestly, kind of somebody that, you know, the at least his game kind of reminds me of a younger Nino Niederreiter. Um, so it'd be interesting to see him maybe play that opposite side, or they can go Phil Tomasino, who's more of kind of a, like a speedy guy, um, mm-hmm. you know, a guy that kind of uses his athleticism to kind of make plays kind of like a Vincent Trocek. So yeah. that is, uh, that's somebody that I can envision maybe seeing Niederreiter slide in really good next to. Yeah. Again, yeah, that's just going to be one of those things that we got to wait till opening night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, you know, the I mentioned yeah, you know, the hurricanes, yeah, you know, doing a lot of retooling over the past couple of years. And the predators, they've lost some guys, traded some guys, and brought guys in again, yeah. like Nino. And you know, you mentioned the predators, you know, being behind only Pittsburgh in terms of playoff appearances since the last since the first lockout, excuse me. Uh, and all of this retooling, where and how do you see this affecting the Predators' long-term outlook in terms of, of making a push to, for another Stanley Cup appearance and win this time? Well, you look. You look at what they did this offseason. Uh, are they up back on the same level as, like, Colorado or Edmonton or anybody like that? Probably not. But you look at what they did this offseason. Are they better than they were last year? I think that answer is a resounding yes. Yeah, and, look, I I, well. I, and I, I know a lot of people are going to look and say, oh, you know, the Predators, they need to tear it down and rebuild. You know, they don't have any players to build around or anybody like that. They need to get younger, all these things. But, you know, you look at the, the four highest paid players on the team last year. Two of them had 40 goal seasons. One of them was a Norris Trophy finalist and put together the best scoring defenseman, like the best scoring season by a defenseman in over 30 years. And the other one was Ryan Johansson, who had his best season in a couple of years. And let's not forget, there's also UC Saros Mm -hmm. back there in the crease 
who was a Vezina Trophy finalist. So there are a lot of really good pieces in their prime to build around. And so that mm-hmm. to me is like one of those things. It's like, look, you know, if Yossi's playing as well as he did last year, and UC Saros is playing as well as he did last year, and Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne are scoring at the rates they did, all they need are like supporting pieces. And that's why, you know, you bring in Nino Niederreiter, who is definitely going to improve that second line and give the Preds some depth scoring that they didn't have. They brought in Ryan McDonough, who I think, you know, the defense kind of tapered out a little bit last season. McDonough will certainly help uh, kind of upgrade that defensive core. So look, you know, uh, nobody is going to sit here and say, oh, the Nashville Predators are all of a sudden in the cup hunt. But they're in a position where, hey, you know, if they get hot at the right time, this is a team that could make a run. You know, if everything goes right, they're in a position to do that. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, I look at the pieces that you guys have. uh, And I definitely think Nashville is a playoff team for sure. And, you know, again, the team gets hot at the right time. They can make a run. You look at the Hurricanes back in 2019 when they made the run to the conference final. They're a team that just squeaked in in the wild card, and then they got hot at the right time and made it to the conference final. So I totally understand the thing of getting hot at the right time. And I think that Nashville, you know, if they add, you know, a couple other guys, that they could very well be on, you know, a Stanley Cup aspiration level team because you mentioned all of the those guys that are in their prime right now and playing great hockey you never know what could happen yeah and I think that that's kind of the big thing too is you know a lot of people are kind of looking at Tampa and looking at Colorado and being like oh here's the blueprint to winning and I get it like you want to be sustainable when you win too but you know all you have to do is win one cup like just win a cup. That is hard. That is very hard to do. So if you can get the right combination of a, of a team together that can get you one cup, that's worth it. Like that is absolutely yeah. worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's hard to just even get there. You know, the hurricanes, yeah, they got there in, what was it? Oh, one, Oh two lost to Detroit. Wasn't until Oh five, Oh six that they got back. Haven't been back since. Heck you look at the season after that, Hey, did he make playoffs? Yeah. So, and then you look at Nashville when they went to theirs every year uh, after that, you know, it was like same with Pittsburgh, actually, you know, it was one round lower. Yeah. And I, I remember seeing that. Uh, so it's hard to just even get there. So I do think uh, that both of these teams, you know, they're, they're making the right moves for sure. And you know, we mentioned earlier, you know, the barbecue fights and whatnot. The NHL is all about, you know, regional rivalries. You know, you look at Battle of Alberta, Battle of Florida. Uh, you imagine that you know, Seattle and Vancouver is going to be a thing now. All the California teams, the New York teams. Yeah, you know, the NHL and you know likes to push the Carolina and Washington rivalry. Obviously, you know, they're division rivals and you know all that stuff you know the, the playoffs a few years ago like there's a lot of you know stuff there you know for that to be a thing but 
One thing I don't think it's talked about as much, just how close the Hurricanes and the Predators are in terms of geographic uh, locations. Given they are in different conferences, I do think that affects it. But why do you think that the NHL doesn't push that as much? I know, obviously, scheduling-wise, because, again, they are in different conferences. But whenever that does happen, you know, it – it just feels like it's a afterthought almost, but you look back to those uh, when we were in the same division, that realigned year, yeah. those games were scrappy. And then even yeah. the following season, like they were scrappy. There was bad blood there for sure. Uh, and those teams did not like each other for sure. And I think that that showed that that could be a rivalry that the NHL could run with and, and make it a thing you know and obviously you know, at the time eric hollow was there uh and we don't like him here still my, <laughs> but, still my favorite random player getting booed in i think in nashville predators history yeah, yeah there was some off ice stuff with that that we'll talk about you know once we stop recording there that yeah, led to that sure. <laughs> but yeah why do you think that they don't push that as much because i think that could be a thing you know regional wise yeah. that they could really run with it's probably as simple as they're in different conferences, different divisions and all that. And it's look, mm-hmm. you know, you're obviously going to go back to, you know, you, you want to see your rivals play like six times a year. You want to see them fighting for the standings. Um, and yeah, so maybe that's, that's the reason where they're not really pushing that as much more, like as much anymore. Like, you know, obviously you, you think of like the, old school like Blackhawks versus Red Wings rivalry and when Detroit moved mm-hmm. over to the east you know they kind of started like promoting that a little bit less and kind of went back mm-hmm. towards you know Chicago versus St. Louis or Detroit versus uh, Toronto or one of those teams over there so you know I get that I get that you kind of want to push rivalries that are you know fighting for something as the year goes on but you know, it, it would be fun. And I thought about this too, you know, when the, uh, the Atlanta thrashers used to be around, like that would have been mm-hmm. a fun, you know, Nashville versus Atlanta rivalry, just like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, like a Nashville versus North Carolina rivalry over there in Raleigh would be fun. So, you know, who knows, maybe someday, you know, the NHL will kind of group more based on regions and less on conferences. And then who knows, maybe, uh, maybe we'll get a uh, barbecue trophy to hand over at the end of every year to see who's the best. Yeah, that would be very cool. And again, like you said, it does make sense. Yeah, they are in different divisions and different conferences, so they don't play each other as much. But again, I do think it would be something that that was fun. You know, it's cool and fun. And like you said, you know, all the barbecue stuff, you know, that'd be yeah. really fun. I mean, you lose, but. Uh, <laughs> it's still going to be the most delicious debate. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It'd be so, so fun. One thing that I think uh, the Hurricanes have dropped the ball on as far as their promo nights have been, their NASCAR night. Why aren't they doing <laughs> Nashville? Oh, yeah. yeah. It literally is NASCAR. They, they made a big deal about that during the playoffs series. Why aren't you doing that? We're playing Vancouver. Yeah, it'd be a fun night, right? Some fun merch. Yeah, you gotta have like um, a like a Carolina diecast car. Like that's got to be out in the thing. Like even if it's just like a little like Hot Wheels like mini Hurricanes car giveaway. Like you mm-hmm. can do so much cool stuff with that. Yeah, you seriously could. That's something they're consistently dropping the ball with. Y'all are the perfect opponents for that for the uh, merchandise and all that stuff. 
absolutely perfect. Yeah, I bet you would get a huge crowd on NASCAR night too between these two teams. Like mm-hmm. there's a, if there is any two fan bases that would be the perfect crossover for NASCAR, it's the Predators and the Hurricanes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Who knows? Maybe it'll happen. And there's also got to be a barbecue night. We've established that plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, Jared, thank you for joining us. Uh, for our viewers here in Nashville, where can the people find your work? Yeah, they can find the show on whatever streaming platform you're listening to this show on. And you can find it on YouTube at Locked on Hurricanes. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes. And myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And for my listeners, where can they find you? You can read my work at onthefourcheck.com. I'm a writer and editor over there, so you can find uh, all my articles and stuff. Uh, for this show, same thing. Listen to wherever you get your podcasts. In the off season, we're putting new shows out Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, and also check out the Lockdown Predators YouTube channel. If you like what you see, drop us a comment sometime. Let us know your thoughts on Nino Niederreiter in Nashville. Uh, yeah, we'd, we'd be happy to have any uh, new uh, new fans over here. All right, guys, you know where to find them. And thanks for having me, Nick, and we'll talk to you later. Yeah, thanks, Jared. Take care. You too.